Good evening and welcome back to Booked Out. Slight technical difficulties because I'm dumb and didn't check the mic volume. <laughs> but we are here again tonight and we've got... Oh, sorry. I'm your host, Amy. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Jodie. For any newcomers out there, I almost forgot, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, and Rhi's got some news for us, some interesting... Yes. Bookish news. So the biggest bookish news to come out this week is actually um, a Sydney Morning Herald uh, article that is very controversial. Uh, yes, I would say that. Uh, I think it's a little. It, yeah. yeah, it fits the controversial genre. Yes. So what happened is John Marsden, who is the author most prolifically of the. Uh, Tomorrow Tomorrow Morning 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 And he released some opinions about school school bullying that were controversial. Yep. (laughs) Like how there are likeable and unlikable qualities in students uh, and students are bullied because of their unlikable qualities to make them more likeable, to make them want to be more likeable. Yeah, it, it was like... If your kid's being bullied, or if a kid is being bullied, it's because they have unlikable qualities, which, to a certain extent, in a very narrow mindset, that could be happening. Like, you know, a, yeah. kid, a kid's getting bullied because they don't, they talk too much and they don't shut up. But, like, really, is that really how you go about teaching a kid to be more aware of others around them and teaching them social skills and that. Yeah. Like, (laughs) Like a major quote that was from the article is, at Geelong Grammar, they had quite a high percentage of students enrolling from Asian countries and their acceptance depended very much on how westernised they were. Yeah. If they were able to speak English fluently and wear the clothes that Anglo kids wore and listen to the same kind of music, then they were fully accepted. The statement that your kid is getting bullied for unlikable qualities does not cover any racist or um, homophobic or any bullying around that. Yeah, Uh, any bullying around religious, gender, sexuality or race difference. Um, Yeah, like that's not an unlikable quality. Like you're not, don't change it. It's a different quality to... Yeah, um, what they used to. Yeah. Just like cultural difference. Yeah. Like I grew up mostly in areas that are mostly white few few asian a few asian kids but like no like african kids few indigenous kids like a couple um so yeah there wasn't really any diversity yeah and like comments like that it sounds like like especially with the yeah. Asian kids like it sounds like it sounds like Marsden is trying to advocate for assimilation as well uh, yeah where a people from other cultures are forced to be in the culture of power mm. which is white straight <laughs> I want yeah. we've already gone through this like for so many years with our Aboriginal cultures as well like, yeah ugh. And also being 
a teacher as well, being one in one of the most pivotal roles of a child's development. Mm. That is what really gets me. Also, as an education student, I think this is completely wrong and against everything we are being taught in university at the moment. But you know, it's <laughs> like if a, if a kid gets bullied because they wear glasses. The solution isn't to stop wearing glasses. Or to get contacts, which are probably more expensive. Yeah, like I was always told, like, oh, why don't you wear contacts? I'm like, because they're expensive. Yeah. And I don't hate how glasses look. I really like my current glasses because I got new ones a couple months ago and they're so pretty. Yeah. Oh, not to mention disabilities as well. Like, yeah. you, if a kid gets bullied for being in a wheelchair or a kid with Down syndrome gets bullied because they look different. Yeah. Like... That is not right. Just because they don't have un- the likable, quotation marks, physical qualities, yeah. they can't change those physical qualities to be more likable. Mm. Uh, they are who they are. They're just different. I want to be optimistic and think that John Martin didn't think it through when he said that. I, he wasn't thinking about racism or anything. He was thinking about a kid who doesn't quite have the regular social skills that kids their age usually have and get bullies for that as like, oh, they need to learn to develop their social skills. Yeah. And the way he said it and the, I'm just trying to be optimistic and think he yeah, didn't no. quite mean it and like I don't that. He might not. But it is a completely destructive way of thinking. Oh, no, I'm not excusing it, but he needs to think before he speaks and think about the effects that this quote has had and say something be like, I didn't mean it this way, but I offended and hurt a lot of people. Yeah. And I take it back and this is why I was wrong. So people that did agree if anyone does agree with him then he comes out with that and they're like oh okay but the thing is when he was asked whether it was racist or not to talk about like the Asians in the Geelong Grammar School he was like no that's not racist like he outright said that he does not believe these these opinions are wrong or that they Um, could be harmful I read a different article not the Sydney Morning Herald and it didn't have that bit in it. Yeah, so that's why I'm so against it. But I also have a whole heap of Aussie authors who have um, been a part of the backlash of this article yeah. all over Twitter. <laughs> First off, from Amy Kaufman. So John Marsden has suggested that bullying is often just feedback to students who are being unlikable, which is apparently something they should work on. To every person out there who is being or has been bullied, this is so wrong that I don't know where to start. Mm. It's not your fault. It is not, not, not your fault. The rest of us know this. I'm sorry you had to hear this rubbish from anyone, let alone a YA author and educator. His denial that bullying and racism exist in our schools and in life is, to- is both totally incorrect and unacceptable. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus to John Martin, not to <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there was also another... Aussie author slash teacher as well, uh, Ellie Marnie, who released an entire thread (laughs) of about eight tweets going over why this is wrong and why um, 
perspectives like this need to change for lives of students in schools to get better. Yeah. And our perspective of bullying to get much better than it is today It's as well. like when people say the person bullying, the, the bully, oh, they're being a bully because they have something going on in their own life. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But also that's not an excuse or a reason. Yeah. Like the kid stealing other kids is like stealing their lunch money or whatever or you know harassing them just because they have a hard home life doesn't excuse what they're doing yeah like that's in a similar vein of don't excuse the bully the bully needs to grow up yeah but in the same way like just like there are better ways than bullying to correct certain behaviors that are wrong as well yeah. Um, like kids who are bullies, you don't bully them back into not being bullies no. or pushing them into a corner. You talk to them, you see any underlying issues. Yeah. If a kid is narcissistic, let them be narcissistic all they like until they harm others. Like, <laughs> yeah. And if they harm others, you talk to them, you let them know that this behavior is wrong, but in a way that is not bullying. Mm. You refer to her, you refer them to a psychologist to different resources that can help them change their behaviour, instead of yelling at them or telling them that they're stupid or they're wrong to their face. Instead, let them realise it for themselves. Like, ugh. listen anyway. to the future teacher, everyone. <laughs> like, there are more ways to face someone that with unlikable qualities she's giving very over exaggerated finger quotes by the way i really hate that quote (laughs) just john marsden saying unlikable qualities. it's just like really gets me oh just unlikable qualities Mm. yeah if someone is what someone finds likable is going to be different from someone else exactly and if you think someone has unlikable qualities when they're just different to yours shut your goddamn mouth also everyone <laughs> everyone has unlikable and likable yeah. qualities like no one is perfect yeah that's why you're friends with some people and not friends with others yeah because different people look for different qualities and those they keep close to them yeah. yeah like someone might hate that you talk a lot and another person might love it because they prefer to listen yeah jody <laughs> oh, I was going to say, that's me. Yeah. I'm like the quiet one in the group and I don't talk a lot. So, yeah. yeah. I talk a lot around friends, but around other people I'm very quiet. Yeah. So I think when I'm around friends I just word vomit. Yeah. But, yeah, um, we'll just wrap this up quickly because otherwise we're going to keep on saying the same thing over and over again and I'm going to get even more angry. Uh, but if you are experiencing bullying uh, – at any age, any time in your life, from anyone, there's always Lifeline on 131114, 13, 11, 14, if you need any help. Uh, they're also at www.lifeline.org.au. For kids out there, if you guys are listening, uh, the Kids Helpline is 1-800-551-800 or kidshelp.com.au. And there's a whole heap of other resources and everything online. You just have to go looking for it. Mm. But, but yeah, <laughs> if 
you are facing bullying or you're facing any kind of adversity. At, at, and also at UNE, you can also contact the counselling service or the advocacy and welfare guys if you need any assistance as well. Mm. You can also contact them if you have a question about a friend and you don't know how to help them. Yeah. Because often it's you can't force your friend to seek help. So you seek help to see how you can help them. Yeah. Uh, there's also an anxiety, stress and depression test that's on the Beyond Blue website that can help you see how much you need help. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's specific like scores. And no, stuff I've and done it. Like, I know. <laughs> and stuff uh, that, that can help you realise, oh, you need help. You need to contact a psychologist. I've. I had to do mm-hmm. that. Like, I went through that myself and I was like, all right. Also just going to a general doctor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we should probably swing to a we'll song. We'll wrap it up. We'll yeah. send you to a song. And later we've got some book reviews and some reading challenges. You'll listen to 106.9 Tune FM. Drop it all, drop a baby, but I never drop it all. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Chin FM. And we've got a movie review for once. It's related to books, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we precursed this last week uh, by saying that Jodie would talk about this. So go right ahead and talk about Tolkien for us. Yeah. Like, when it came out at Belgrave, I watched it. I asked if you guys wanted to watch it too, or some of you guys. But, like... I end up watching it by myself and I, I kind of forgot. Like I think you asked and I was like, "Oh, not like not now." Yeah. And then I just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I nearly cried in it cuz it was such a passionate movie. Oh my gosh. Um it starred uh, Lily Collins who was Edith Bratt and Nicholas Holt. If that's how you pronounce his last name, I, I am think sorry. So. Yeah, it's Holt. Pretty he sure. played Tolkien and they did an amazing job. I actually found out a few new facts about Tolkien that I never knew before. Like how he used Finnish to were bright um hit the Elvish language in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And how he like used flamethrowers uh, for the First World War. Oh, okay. As an inspiration for uh, dragons. Interesting. Yeah, sure. I thought that was actually pretty cool. But yeah, he um, he had a he actually had a really tough uh, tough childhood. Like his uh, mother died uh, when he was twelve from a, a diabetic coma, so he had to rely on scholarships and things like that to survive school. And he eventually uh, ended up as a professor in Harvard. Cool. Before the World War came. So that was pretty cool. Like, because he yeah, couldn't afford that much, in the movie it shows how he actually took Edith to the opera, but they, went, they actually snuck in backstage and pretended that they were a part of the performance. And I thought that was actually really clever of them. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What else do I have here? Uh, like, he met all of his friends uh, when he... Uh, I can't remember what school uh, it was. It wasn't Harvard. That was before that. But he met about three or four of his friends there when he was at a young age. And in the movie, he actually showed them up because one of them stole his book in class mm. <laughs> so he had to read the book out loud off by heart and i'm just like what wow <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> yeah me neither i remember books from like memory <laughs> like the emotions the characters have and like very clear like memories but like i can't remember the words on the page for the life of me mm. yeah like, yeah it was also in a different language as well so oh, that was yeah. even more impressive. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, what even? 
but yeah. Uh, what did you think of like the cinematography of the movie and that sort of thing? I think it was actually pretty clever. Oh yeah? Because like in different parts of the movie it showed uh, like the knights and stuff like that running on horses. It even showed that in the parts of the war mm-hmm. as well. And like when it came up to the war scenes it also showed uh, like the silhouette of a dragon. Ooh. Yeah, that, that was so cool. cool. <laughs> uh, was that meant to imply that he saw, uh, saw dragons and those flamethrowers and that showed that influence? Yeah, I think nice. so. Like to show rather than tell? Yeah. Nice. I like that. Uh, <laughs> um, and like the narrative was pretty all right. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, like... What, what would you rate it, like, out of five? Well, last week I rated it out of five, but, like, I hadn't gathered all of my notes mm-hmm. for that, so I would say probably about 4.5. Yeah. Ooh. It's still fairly up there, but I do think that uh, they could have gone into his backstory a little bit more Yeah, as well. Because it went through where how his friends wanted to do, like, poetry. One of them wanted to be a musician and stuff mm-hmm. like that but they could have gone into a bit more detail mm. like I can't remember which friend it was but um, one of them uh, when they died uh, in uh, the war Tolkien actually put his poems at the end of his books and like got Aww. his mother to publish the books in honour of them oh my oh. god as well. and I'm just like that's when the tears started coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you have preferred like a Marauders style movie between Tolkien and his friends and their antics instead yeah. of like a life story kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Do you know the Fair names enough. of his friends? <laughs> Were they other writers or? I cannot remember any of their names, was to be honest. Was it Tolkien who had a friendship with C.S. Lewis? Yeah, I think it was. And he based Treebeard off him because yeah. he took forever to get to the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like... And then, and then C.S. Lewis based um, one of his characters of Tolkien. I know they're really sassy with each other. With each other. Like, yeah. In the movie as well, it shows a scene where they were his friends and him were in Harvard, and he actually broke up with Edith around that time. Mm. I can't remember why, but um, they went to on a bus with a couple of their friends, but like nobody was driving the bus. And stuff. So they snuck aboard. They got drunk in there, and then eventually the police or something saw them, and they got kicked off the bus. Oh, that was funny. Of course. And then eventually Tolkien actually went to um a professor's, like where all the professors slept and stuff when he was drunk, to convince them to let him take languages as well. And he was just on the lawn yelling at them as well in like different languages or actually yeah (laughs) (laughs) lovely i need to watch this now yeah definitely i do recommend it yeah um if anyone else wants to watch it it gets released on dvd september 9th of september oh so so same day it chapter two comes out oh is it yeah oh but that would be like in the cinema yeah yeah so if you missed it in this if you missed tolkien in the cinema and you want to watch it, you've got to wait till September, early September for, you know, DVDs and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's Any pretty funny, though. 
Yeah. Like their little, what they come up with and how they actually make up their own club as well. That's cool. All about like the books, the poetry, and they read it out loud while having tea. Mm. And they actually make comments and judge what they read out. So they try and make the poems or stories better as well. So that was pretty cool. That's cool. Any last statements about it? Watch it. Watch, watch <laughs> it. Yeah, you heard it here first. Probably not. You probably didn't hear it first. <laughs> but you should watch it. Anyway, yeah. you're listening to Booked Out on 106.9. Tune FM will be back after the break.
welcome back. You're listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. And I just realized every time I say that, I always put my hand on my chin. Yep, too. Every time. Every time. I was like, oh, I do that. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we've got a book review from Ree. Hell yeah, you do. She is very excited. Okay, so I may have talked about We Hunt the Flame last week, and it may have been enthusiastic, but it was also rushed. But... She has a script this time, guys. She wrote it down. Yes. <laughs> Not just notes, a whole script. I've also found what is... I don't know whether this book has overtaken Priory as my favourite book of the year yet, mm. but Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> She's holding it, by the way. <laughs> uh, She's very excited. Okay. So, this book follows the first son of the United States and the secret romance he has with Henry, the Prince of England. Ooh, secret romance. Ooh. So... In the style of Alex, I'm going to make a list of things that I love about this five-star book because I love this book. Sweet. Uh, So number one, I've got a bisexual main character. (gasps) I didn't know that. uh, That came out kind of like I did. Which one? Which one? Which one? Uh, So Alex, the main character of the book. That's the American one, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, So he's like straight for the longest time and then was like, Oh wait, was that gay? And then realized that was totally gay. Everything else has been totally gay, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and that is so so like when I came out as well because I'm like, yeah, I like girls, but, but at the same time, I still like guys though, so it can't be gay. Oh, bisexual is a thing. Okay, uh, which I found really like. I had that crisis when I was me. like 13, 14, and then just like forgot about it. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> but, yeah, I found that to be, like, so real. Yeah. Uh, also, he's an he's a Mexican-American. Also, well. bisexual so, like, boys. Yeah. There's, there's not enough um, media representation for bisexual boys that aren't, like, oh, they're just gay, but they don't want to, like, you know. Yeah. Also, once he comes out as bisexual, it is repeated thoroughly throughout the book as well. Cool. So even though he has a gay relationship, he still says he's bi. And I'm like, cool. oh, that's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> okay, number two. It involves some of my favourite tropes of all time in contemporary romances. Most Please importantly, tell. the two love interests that hate each other get stuck in a closet. Oh. Uh, get locked in a closet and have like a soft moment to start getting to know each other. That is my <laughs> favourite romance trope. <laughs> Not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like... Oh, you're forced to stop miscommunicating and oh, like God. hating each other. Miscommunication is so awkward and, in books. Yeah. Like it wasn't really miscommunication, but like forcing each other to like finally get on the same page. Yeah. By being stuck in a closet together. And I'm like Did they come out of the closet <laughs> together? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Gay jokes. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and, like, the other main trope that I love is the snarky lovers trope. Ooh, where, banter? Uh, yeah. Yes. The amount of banter in this book <clears throat> is just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Uh, okay, number three. It is new adult. It is not YA. It is not adult. It is new adult. What's new adult? New is it, like, adult, 20s? Yeah. Like, early? Okay, yeah. cool. So, like, early 20s, uh, but it has explicit content in it, so... If you don't like uh, sexy times, like, 
Yeah. How explicit? Not very. Like, like using say, metaphors and stuff? Uh, <laughs> or like really like... Or like the D. Straight to the point sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't get straight to the point. It's a little bit like weaving in and out of that state really. How much would you say? Uh, is it like easy to just like read it quickly yep. or is it like... Oh, God. It's easy to read quickly. Okay, cool. And it's easy to skip over as well if you don't like that sort of thing. Cool. Um, there are also explicitly indecent thoughts throughout as well, so you can't really escape the... The horniness? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. How old are yeah. they again? Uh, I think 20? they're around 20, 21, like college okay. level. So We've got yeah. a couple horny boys in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number four, McQuiston's writing. Show not tell is her best friend, and the story is enhanced by small phrases that carry so much meaning to them. Sweet. So like very little things, like oh this happened. Instead of going painstaking detail, this happened. It was Alex thinks something, and you're like oh he's done that. Oh, and you can imagine, like, the entire scene in your head without even having to read it on the page. So the opposite of talking. And it, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like, one mention of it, like, barely even a sentence, and you're like, oh, I can imagine them going and having, like, a cute date the entire time without having to, without McQuiston having to say, oh, they drank wine, they ate food, they did this, they did that. It was, oh, this cafe had, like... The, the smell of uh, smell of this kind of wine and this kind of food and then later they went and did this like cool it was that uh, you could get the atmosphere of a situation and still be able to imagine it and Sweet. just imagine them like being cute and everything and then going off and doing the next thing and I'm like oh, I love it <laughs> I wish I found an explicit example in this book because but there are so many of them as well but like, but not an explicit, explicit example. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, following on from that, number five. Going back to the snarky relationship, you can see it on the page. <laughs> and one of the best stylistic examples of this is that the Alex and Henry actually communicate via email and via text mm. and there's like the graphics of emails and text throughout so then it's all dialogue heavy but you can see the very quick snappy snark that goes in between them and I'm like oh, I love this I love this so much <laughs> um, and obviously there is um, but there is also the very quick like dialogue scenes as well that I really love uh, and yeah, uh, and six is we got a female president. Uh, so the f- the president in this story is a female, and I love it. Uh, but the president is a is a boss, and she's great. But she's also a loving mother as well. So it wasn't she's one or the other. She's both. She's that's, always that's both. Nice. And I'm like, oh my god, and like she's always like. Alex, I am your mother first, then president. But, like, I still want to be president, you know? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so great. <laughs> and my favourite character is Henry. Henry is my little sweet British boy that I love with all my heart. <laughs> 
And oh, another thing, Alex and Henry. Alex sounds distinctly American and Henry sounds distinctly British without even going, oh, the British la la la, or like Henry says very Britishly or very accenty. You can hear it in the dialogue and I love it because you can just go through the dialogue and you already know who's speaking just by looking at the words instead of going, said Henry. Because it's like, oh, it uses a whole heap of slang terms and everything for from a British perspective than the same from the American perspective. And it's just so good. It's just so good. <laughs> and I don't have any complaints. I found no fault in the plot, no fault in the characters. Uh, and everything was just what I wanted. No fault in the stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm sorry. Okay, but yeah, like I went into this story knowing it was a fluffy romance, a fluffy contemporary romance. Mm. That I knew all the tropes going in. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew exactly what I was going to get, and I got every single little bit of it, and I loved it, and I loved every second of it. What would you rate it out of five stars? We know it's gonna be. Yeah, five I said stars. five stars at the beginning, but like <laughs> oh, <I've> five <laughs> goddamn stars. <laughs> Give them all the stars. <laughs> but yes, that was my review of Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Go it was, read it. It was a very good <laughs> review. It was very enthusiastic <laughs> and coherent this time. It was. Yes. It was very enthusiastic and coherent. <laughs> but we need to go to a break. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. Tune FM, streaming live on tunefm.net. These days, I'm too tired to come over. And most nights, you call me when you're not sober. Go and have a drink with your friends. Find someone to kiss that isn't me.
Welcome back to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. We've got a book review from me, Amy. Yes. (laughs) Um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children by Ransom Riggs. So, brief premise. Jacob, um, he's like 16 or so. Um, Basically, his grandfather told him all these stories about from when he was a child in an orphanage about all the other kids there. And he's got photos. Photos is a very big thing about the book. In the back of my copy, there's a Q&A with the author. And basically, the author loved all these old photos and collected heaps. And the story kind of came from that. So the, so the photos kind of came first. Um, and basically, then his grandfather is killed. And he goes on a trip to the orphanage, which is there in America. He goes on a trip to the orphanage, which is on an island in Wales. So he gets there, he finds the orphanage, and that's where the peculiar children live. Basically kids with powers. And that's that's the premise of the book. Not too many spoilers. Um, Basically I, X-Men, but kids. Ooh. Ca- actually, kind of. <laughs> I'd say it's a little darker, though. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, it's still, like, ya and it's not that dark, but, like, there's hints of, like, it's getting there. Maybe it dips its toes in a bit. Yeah. Um, I'd give it, like, a three stars. Like, it was it was very enjoyable to read. It was, like, the powers were interesting. Like, you know, you've got the shoots fire out of the hands, invisible. But then you've also got a girl that levitates, but she can't quite control it. So she has to, like, have a rope. Someone holds her by a rope. <laughs> or she really heavy shoes. And then on the weirder end, you've got a young girl with a back mouth, they call it. So, like, she's got her f- mouth in her face. And then she's got a mouth at the back of her head. It's kind of yeah. weird. And it's cool, though. It's cool. It is cool. Um, and one of the powers I found creepy, because the character is kind of creepy, one of the boys, he can put life into things. Like he's like mostly he uses like chicken hearts and he puts them into like little clay soldiers. 
but like his dialogue and his character is kind of creepy. <laughs> in the movie, they took it more, and he like betrays him and stuff. But the movie starts out similar, but then veers vastly off. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they swap around the powers too. Um, but yeah, and then Miss Peregrine, who is the like headmistress, she can turn into a bird. A peregrine falcon. <laughs> and she can create time loops. And there's lots of other imbres? Imbres? I don't know what I don't know how to pronounce what they call them, but there's lots of them like that. Women that basically take care of the younger peculiar children. Mm. Also the orphanage is stuck in like a time loop of one day repeating over and over again, which I found really cool. That's good in there. <laughs> yeah, she can create time loops. Um and the time loop is it is in the 19, 1940, on the 3rd of September, 1940, just the day that the orphanage gets blown up by a bomb because World War II. <laughs> um, so, the time, so the time loop gets reset just as the bomb is falling. Um, but yeah, I found it quite interesting. Like, I want to read the rest of the series. One thing, one thing I liked about it, so... You know, when you're reading a book with fantasy elements and there's a main character and they get taken off into this other world and at the end of the thing, they've got to choose whether to stay in their world or go back to their boring life and they choose to go back to their boring life. <laughs> he doesn't do that. <laughs> well, he's like, eventually I'll go back, but I've got to fix, i got to help them first. Yeah. So that's cool. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Don't get back to your boring life. <laughs> like, honestly, I wouldn't choose to go back to my boring life. I'll go back to, like, where the fantasy is. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems a lot cooler. Even, even if yeah. it's, like, because at the end of the book, it's it's not, like, danger versus safe. Because going back to his boring old life with his parents that aren't really likable or unlikable, they're kind of parents... Those mums not that like I don't know. Mm. They're not bad parents, but they're not like they love him so much and it's amazing and they're great, fantastic parents. Like they just eh. Um but going back would be dangerous. Yeah. So there's not much enticement. And he doesn't have any friends or anything. Yeah. And he doesn't he just doesn't really love his family or anything, so But yeah, I think it's interesting. Although his power is kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, cool. The the main character isn't super overpowered or whatever, but he's also necessary and rare. So he has the same power his grandfather had, which he's the only one who can actually see the monsters that come and kill them. So then for, but he doesn't, he can't like shoot fire or be invisible or have bees living inside him. I found that interesting. <laughs> but he is important. Yeah, kind of like Will from The Ranger's Apprentice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bringing up my childhood loves. <laughs> Book loves, not yeah. character loves. <laughs> Although, yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think it was good. I said three out of five stars. So I think you could read it. But it's not like, oh, you have to read this. Yeah. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's interesting. I'll probably read, I think there's only two other books in the series. Uh, so there or are several. 
Hollow City and one other one in this series, but there is a map of days that is coming out later on this year, I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, I didn't know about that. It's last already one. been released. Uh, it's a I follow- knew about the three. Yeah, it's a sequel series pretty much to the Par- Miss Peregrine series. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, that's my thoughts on it. I'm gonna keep it short. Um we're gonna go to a song. And we'll be back to talk about some reading challenges and some upcoming new releases. You're listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. Simple won't go away. 106.9 Tune FM.
Welcome back. You're listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. And we're doing some reading challenges, and I've got one for Reed that I'm super excited about. Yeah. She has to read a book with zero romance. Zero. Good luck with that. It's going to yeah. be really hard, actually, because there's, like, romance in everything. Yeah. And I'm not allowed to reread any books. She's not allowed to read Running Man. Because yeah. that's one of her favourites. It <laughs> is my favourite book of all time and it actually doesn't have romance in it. And she's the not, one book I've read that hasn't had romance You're in not it. allowed. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's actually going to be <laughs> difficult because so like almost, so many books have romance in them. Like, yeah. Even if it's just a hint of romance, yeah. there's a, so many. If it's too difficult, I'll be a bit lenient. <laughs> yeah. Like if but it gets try. too difficult, yeah. it will be... Oh, they might have had a crush, but it ends up to be platonic in the end. Yeah. Like, that sort of thing. And yeah. no romance in side characters, no romance in front-running characters. Yeah. Like, I am going to have a tough time. And I'm going to be excited, because if it's a good book, then I want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I'm... At, after what you guys just heard about me reading Red, White and Royal Blue and loving the romance, it, it just... It's going it to really like <laughs> be really good. It's going to be really good, though, because you love romance in your books and you have your, like, guilty pleasure, like, trashy romance oh, novels yeah. that you love by Julie Kagawa. Yeah. And but I'm like... Literally her entire, entire collection yeah. of books. I'm okay uh, with romance <laughs> if the characters are established first. And I especially like it when they're friends first mm. and it's done right. But I don't usually read romance novels. Yeah. Like, I have, but they're not the ones I really like. Yeah. So, Jodie, what have yes. you got for Amy? For Amy. I actually don't know this one. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I already uh, told Ray. <laughs> Amy, you mm. have to read a book that has, that, like, the title has the same, let, starts with the same letter as your first name. So, a? Like, <laughs> yeah, so you have to find books that start with A. Fair. Oh, so that's why you'd find it different. Difficult for you, yeah. yeah. It would be can it be A blah, blah, blah? Yeah. yeah. Of course it can. But, like, that's Wait. why I couldn't give it to Ree because not uh, a lot of... have. Yeah, but, Revenge. Like, I don't know if there's a book called... There's a TV Wait. show called Revenge. Wait. Oh, no, that was... It's terrible. That, no, that was a different... That started with a V. I was thinking of something. Oh. <laughs> Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and reread that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, so have fun with that, Amy. <laughs> and I have one for Jodie, <laughs> which is I've realised lately that you haven't had a lot of colour in your main protagonist lately. So Uh-oh. I want you to read more diversely and have an explicitly per- an explicit person of colour as your protagonist in a book that you read. Cool. Sweet. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I can think of a few books. You I'm pretty sure you did a review on a book that had a character yeah. a PSC character recently. Red, White and Royal Blue. Uh, <laughs> biracial main character. Oh right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I want you to read someone who is explicitly POC. Yeah. What does Diversity. POC mean by Person again, of colour. Person okay. Of color. Yeah. Yeah. Or people of color. Well, yeah. I've already got an idea of two books I could read. Yeah. What have you got? Everything, everything, or oh, yeah. The Darkest Mind. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. I need to get a library card. Yeah. <laughs> I've been meaning to do this. You need proof of address though, and I don't have any like 
on hand. Uh, the proof of address for yeah. Armadale? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, my... So you'd have to change your I mean, like, I'm sure I could license. find something. Or I'd have to, like, go into Centrelink or the bank or something and be like, hey, can you print something out for me? Yeah. <laughs> Someone addresses something to you. Or, or you know, have, like, a letter from, like, the bank or something like that. Does it have to be oh, yeah. in, like, an official address or can it be, like, a temporary address? I think it's any and address. Any address in Armadale. Sweet. Yep. Because, <laughs> like, I think because, like, everything I had, I didn't have any cards with my address on them. And because I did this at the beginning of last year when I just moved here and I hadn't, like, gotten anything printed out or sent to me. But, yeah, we've got... New releases. Yep. By Re. All right. Again. <laughs> Coming up first is Dark Age by Pierce Brown. It comes out on 30th of July. It is the continuation of the Red Rising series, book number five. Uh, apart from that, you also have Coming Up Roses by Stacey Hart, which comes out on the 1st of August. And it's a contemporary romance with ex-childhood friends to lovers. Uh, it ha- it's the main place... Uh, setting uh, is a flower shop and it's a slow burn romance and people are talking about how it has parallels to Jane Austen romances as well and finally we have Merciful Crow by Margaret Owen which comes out on the 30th of July and it is about a trio of characters in a fantasy world uh, so it follows it follows a an undertaker and mercy killer who finds a prince who has faked his own death uh, as well as the prince's um, uh, bodyguard who is tasked to look after the prince but starts to have his own thoughts in his own mind. And it's basically, it, it seems to be a character-driven story about Ooh. those three in a fantasy world. Cool. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. We're at nine <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us on Booked Out this evening. We'll see you next Sunday at eight o'clock. You, this is Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. Good night.